Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Uh, We have a great show for you today. We have with us Paul Stelzer. He's the president of Appleton Corporation in Holyoke. How are you today, Paul? I'm great, George. Welcome on this snowy day. Uh, Yes, it is snowing today. Uh, Snowy, ah, this isn't snow. Dying down. Now, come on. We've seen much worse in this area. So yeah, the sun will anyway, be up before we know it. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, we we'd like to have Paul on. This is, I think, your first time maiden voyage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul is a, a well known in our region, and we have him on the show. We like to say Paul's a, a good pulse guy. He has his finger on the pulse of this region. He can tell us what's going on with a lot of different things. Uh, uh, especially the commercial real estate market and the development market. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Appleton, and we're going to just kind of dive right into uh, kind of an intriguing time in your world. Yeah, sure. Thanks, George. So uh, Appleton is a wholly owned subsidiary of the O'Connell companies, as many local people may know. Um, we we manage about 2 million square feet of property. Uh, that's almost equally divided between commercial office space uh, and specialty use properties. And then we, we run a pretty serious senior living uh, housing pro- portfolio um, in about seven or eight different cities. So we're pretty diversified and uh, we do a lot of um, what I would say uh, collaborative work with our development group and with our construction companies when necessary. And each of the facets of that business have been impacted in many different ways by COVID, which we're going to get to um, in a little bit, obviously. Um, Like I said, each of those have have had their own uh, impact points, and and we have talked about those in the past. So we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, let's talk about the the development market, uh, the real estate market. It's an interesting time. It's an unsettled time, but there. A lot of movement in the market as well. Uh, Properties are hot. Everybody talks about the residential market, but the commercial market is hot as well. Uh, Maybe not the office market so much where things are are looking to see how things are going to shake out, but uh, the retail side, there's a lot of movement there. Some of it good, some of it uh, not so good. Retail establishments closing, restaurants closing, people moving into those spaces. But we have cannabis and we we have... uh, more entrepreneurial actions. So there's a lot of movement in the market. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I, I think you've hit it on the head. It depends on uh, what we define as the asset class. So when you talk about retail, um, there's a lot of movement in the smaller retail environments. Yes, cannabis is driving some of that, but uh, the the shakeout in the brick and mortar retail uh, versus the online retailer um, is still being felt, particularly post-COVID. Uh, which has had the uh, uh, unintended consequence of driving the industrial market uh, and flex space market really, really high in terms of demand. Um, You just can't find industrial properties that are suitable for large warehousing and distribution around uh, Western Mass. And everybody's, all the agencies that are associated with that are working on that because we need more of it. And I I don't see that slowing down. 
the other. But is there anything in the pipeline? Not to interrupt yeah. you, but uh, I, the laws of supply and demand dictate that there be more. But um, we don't have much more coming on the line yet. Yeah, no. To my knowledge, there isn't. I've seen some adaptive reuse of properties happening. Um, I've seen some properties that might be light industrial, you know, with some land adjacent to it. You can turn those around and make those a distribution facility. But it's uh, there's a there's a definitely a shortage in our area, and uh, but it is driving the market, and spaces don't stay on on the market very long, even in the smaller range of the ten to twenty thousand square foot range. We need those spaces. Um, when you talk to the the lenders and you talk to the bonding agencies that fund a lot of these manufacturers, they're they're at a critical shortage of space sometimes, even in the 10, 20,000 square foot range. So hopefully um, down the road here, some people will step up and begin to develop that. Of course, uh, mill buildings make a good industrial place, but oftentimes they're not good for distribution because of their age and their floor loading and everything else. So there's, uh, although they have seen a, a really good rise in the cannabis industry in the Holyoke area. So depending on, again, depending on the asset class and within that asset class, what's available, um, it's, it, I see that market continuing to improve significantly. The, uh, the other market I think that is, the one that's the big challenge is the office market. I, I think that while there's some smaller spaces that continue to be leased, and there's a there seems to be a significant amount of demand in the marketplace with nonprofits right now. Um, most of the folks I talk to, while they're busy uh, trying to figure out how we restructure leases going forward, how do we work with tenants who want to stay in their location but don't need as much space anymore because they've decided to work from home uh, with for half their half their work week, uh, all of that is still shaking out. In our marketplace, um, and we can talk about that down the road specifically with uh, a major transaction we went through at the tech park like that. But the the I think the it's a little early to see how the Springfield office market will shake. There is uh, uh, it's a tenants market without question. Um, Absolutely, there's there's tenants can drive really aggressive deals right now, uh, long term 10, 15 year deals. Whereas maybe three years ago, you'd see tenants in that five to seven year range. So I think there's uh, there's a little bit of a wait and see how this uh, will respond to the, the actual demand for even services. You know, if you look at a law firm, you look at an engineering firm, you look at a um, any type of, of insurance company that's providing services, um, they've learned how to do this remotely, and um, there's a there's a capital allocation cost that they don't need if they can reduce their space. So mm-hmm. that's going on all around us. Right now, you mentioned we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. I we, I think most people thought that two years in to this pandemic we would have some kind of picture by now. Obviously, uh, with some recent events uh, and the unpredictability of this. COVID, uh, we just don't have those answers yet. Uh, a lot of people in, in your business are still, I don't want to say clinging to that hope, but they're still of the belief that, that businesses are going to bring workers back, uh, that they need to be in the office, that interaction between workers, uh, the, the teamwork aspect of this. And the reality seems to be, though, that the, this might be what we're looking at, uh, what right. we see right now. Right. Uh, yeah, I think there will be a shake. I mean, what we're seeing now is a little dramatic, particularly what what's happened in the last thirty days with uh, Micron. But I think 
where where I think we'll start to see in the third quarter of this year, people settling in as their leases expire. You'll see people settling in on, okay, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to start calling people back over the next year. And everybody's going to have to offer flex environments there, you know, to those employees that can do it. There's some essential positions. You can never do that, but there's a number of flex uh, plans out there. Now there's going to be more of them and it's going to be a recruitment tool. It's going to, what's the flex hours I can get? Can I work uh, three in the office, two at home? Can I work four in the office, one at home? That's going to be the wave of the future. Uh, Every uh, HR person you talk to, uh, they're planning ahead for that. Um, we're, we're looking at it here with our different divisions on how we accommodate it for those workers that aren't essential. Um, I'm not saying our workers aren't all essential, but what I mean by that, people who have to be at a job site or have to right. be at a property. So it's a, it's, there's still a shakeout for sure, George. And I think the, um, you know, we go as the state goes a little bit too. And there's a, there's a lot of hope that the ARPA funding that's uh, being distributed by the state. We'll jumpstart some projects. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get through, you know, the, uh, I'm certainly not a medical person, but we'll get through this COVID thing at, at some point where form where we can work in a more normal environment and bringing people back is how you build culture. Any, any senior person that you talk to in any company wants their people together. You can't build a culture remotely. You can't network remotely. Um, you, you, you know, you can try to do it, but it's just not the same. And, and you and I know that from our experiences, and I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of that. We, we know that, but we also know that, that putting that genie back in the bottle is going to be very difficult. Uh, yep. I, I, you said it yourself. Uh, this has become a recruiting tool. Um, more and more, the HR people I talk to, the people that do the recruiting, the people that do the hiring, Say the first question the person on the other side of the desk is asking is, how much of this can I do remotely? Right. And if the answer isn't some, or in some cases all, right. then that person's going to the next door down the hall. Right. So um, right. Right. we'll see what happens here. So it, the kind of irresistible force beats the immovable object here. So right. we'll see. Uh, and then the next big question, and, and I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people about this as well, is if, if this is what we're looking at, some of this office space has to be repositioned. It has to be reimagined and we have to do other things with it. Uh, what, what can we do? Yeah. So there, there's a, a number of things going on in the uh, down East, as I say, in the Boston and in Worcester market, where a number of office spaces, uh, no secret are being converted to lab space. Uh, the biotech industry is exploding post COVID so there are uh, there's even office buildings that have been zoned and on the drawing boards for construction that are going in and changing their permitting so that they can do lab and biomed. Now, part of that is the uh, you know the type of worker that you need for that space is is con- concentrated around Cambridge. But one of the areas that uh, I think Springfield and Western Mass can look at is how do we how do we play through that demand cycle out here as well. How do we take, you know, two floors of a building that might never be leased again and convert it to some type of bio, some type of medical, some type of related spaces? Because it's, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, quality of life, we have an incredible quality of life out here in Western Mass. And uh, I think there's, there's some desire for people to not be going up and down, you know, a 30-story uh, elevator every day or taking the subway to work. So, 
we're, we're playing against all those options. And I think we have to do a really good job going forward in uh, cataloging what we have available, what we can pivot. And when I say we, I mean this, the, the area. Um, what's available for us? What, what can the economic development agencies push? Because, you know, the days of a 200-person call center, 300-person call center are probably gone. So you have to turn around and figure where people need to congregate, and lab space is one of them. I think, um, you know, as much as we see the demand in the marketplace, there's an incredible demand for, uh, for social services and mental health space. Um, and that's partly driven by COVID, partly driven by the large amount of funding that they have. So you may see some of these nonprofits uh, who typically would be in a, uh, I'll just say a class B space, or maybe not in space that works as nicely uh, for them, you know, taking the plunge and coming downtown or coming into a class A building because now they can afford to do it. And also, uh, their demand for their workers is high. I mean, this all goes back, you know, we could talk forever about the workforce, but, you know, this goes back to where are we going to get the workforce, what's available to us out here. So I, I think repositioning of some spaces has to be front and center and the economic development gurus that I talk to in town, we all know them. Um, they're all thinking about that in some way. We're thinking about it as developers. Um, you know, we we're, we're, we have some spaces as, as a management company that, could we position it to um, to more medical space? You know, there's that's related to to the lab. So there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there, and it's it's absolutely driving the market in eastern part of the state. It's hmm. probably the biggest surge in lab medical space I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We're talking to Paul Stelzer. He's the president of Appleton Corporation. Uh, you mentioned that uh, your firm handles the the technology park at STCC. This is a large piece of property. We've been talking about repositioning. We've been talking about um, what we can do with with space that's available. Uh, this is a big piece of real estate with a, a large vacancy with Liberty Mutual uh, moving out. What what's happening there? Yeah, sure. Thanks, George. So so the good news is, um, you know, we uh, we while we lost. Uh, Part of the COVID-19 um, situation, Liberty, uh, a year and a half ago, uh, closed a number of their customer service centers around the country, not just in Springfield. Um, that represented a good chunk of jobs in the Springfield market, Western Mass market, but nobody lost a job. They all are working from home. Um, so uh, Liberty acted as a uh, very responsible um, citizen in their exit. Um and um, they honored the terms of their lease, but they just didn't renew uh, a good chunk of it. So what basically happened is they turned back uh, about 47,000 square feet to us and kept 6,000 feet here in Springfield for uh, some market-related things that they do. So we still have 58 tenants at Tech Park between the Enterprise Center and the rest of the building. So it's certainly not a case where we're walking around in, in, in hollowed halls, but the, or vacant halls, but this space represents right now is being used by a booster clinic for the state. Um, we, we are, uh, the tech park is a quasi state agency. So we have a booster clinic there. Uh, they have all three shots. They're seeing about 800 people a week. 
um, which is a good thing for us to do for the city and for particularly at the at the at that crossroads of State Street and Federal. Um, but in the meantime, we've been able to to release, uh, thankfully, uh, about twenty thousand square feet of uh, the space that Liberty um, that Liberty reduced by. Uh, we've signed a long-term lease with clinical support options, and we've signed a long-term lease with mental health associates. And um, we've also signed a, uh, a little smaller space, but a 15-year lease with the, with the GSA for the uh, federal attorney's office. So even despite the COVID environment, we, we've been very fortunate with our brokerage firm, RJ Greeley Company, uh, intentional plug there. And uh, with our management team to put together some repositioning strategies on these spaces that made sense. So, so we're chipping away at it, and um, it it takes a long time to make a deal. But the the park is uh, is is out of these three leases. This is a good sign that we've been able to reposition the spaces in just eighteen months. Um, we still have a chunk of space that we're looking at a medical use for. Um, Obviously, George, you know how these things go. We have people looking that it's confidential, but we are seeing some demand for health sciences, medical space type things that we're trying to trying to land out here. And um, our brokerage team is working hard on uh, backfilling the space where the when the booster clinic moves out. Um, they keep extending their stay because of the need. So uh, we think they'll probably be with us through March or April, but um, we, we have the right to show the space. So... Uh, I think what's really been uh, difficult as well is in the renewal of leases. So whenever you're repositioning a property, George, as you may know, it's always, you have to take care of the tenants that are there. As I said, we still have 58 tenants and we had some with lease renewals coming up. We're happy to say everybody renewed. We're happy to say everybody's happy in, in, in that location. And We've been able to do it at, at rational rents where we didn't have to, you know, lose $5 a foot. Um, and we're happy to make what I would say market rate deals that make a lot of sense for them. So the to my point about the demand for space, though, you can hear in my conversation, two of the larger leases we've done are, are nonprofits related to mental health or related to social services. And I think that's definitely a market that we're seeing. Okay. Well, that's encouraging. Uh, like I said, that's an important piece of property in Springfield. It's good to see you're uh, putting some of that space bank to use with those tenants. One more quick one. Uh, I don't know if we can do this quickly, but uh, can you just uh, kind of look uh, and give some broad thoughts on the year ahead? Are we going to see more of what we've seen over the last six months, last three quarters of the year? How is this market going to shake out in 2022? Any global thoughts? I hate to kind of put people on the spot when it comes to predictions and things. But. No, I, I, I do. It's, it's a very good question. I think, frankly, the market is going to continue to shake out depending on the asset, depending where it's located, and depending on the, the need for space that's going to happen as a result of this ARPA funding. I, I absolutely see some positive signs. Um, <laughs> everybody's busy. Everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's trying to figure out um, how much space do I need? Everybody's trying to figure out how do I lease this or that. And 
my my guess is that we'll see some gradual improvement. And by the end of, I think it's going to take us through 23 before we're kind of stabilized and we're not on shifting sands. So for example, right now, it's very difficult to show space in person, right? You have to kind of do it virtually and then, mm-hmm. then you take the risk of in person. So uh, we're, I can tell you that those, those shifting sands is what we have to get rid of. And because every time you think you're moving in the right direction related to a COVID protocol, you have to flip another direction. So I I see some upside and I definitely think people are excited to get back at it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. Very insightful as always. Uh, We'll have you back. Maybe we'll do this uh, another quarter or two. Well, we'll take a look and and we'll see where the market is. Yep. Glad to come anytime, George. Good luck to you in 2022. Thank you, George. Same to you. Okay. Take care. And thank to all of you for listening. Uh, This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.